Welcome to the Infinite Spark of Beam podcast. My name is Keith Welsh, and in this episode, I'm going to be talking to you about life as a description. Uh, but before we get into all that, if you'd like to support the ongoing creation of the Infinite Spark of Being, there are multiple ways to do so, all of which can be found on the website, theinfinitesparkofbeing.com. Uh, there's a donation link where you can either donate monthly through Patreon or one time for whatever the amount through Venmo. Uh, both of these things help me out greatly. They are supremely appreciated. Uh, there's also links to purchase apparel, prints, or one of the first two Infinite Spark of Beam books. The third one is on its way, I promise. Still working on it. Very happy with it. But these things all help me out, and I'm so grateful when you, when you indulge. So here we are. Uh, life as a description. Let's get started. Two books that I'm going to be referring to today, uh, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz and The Road to Islam by Carlos Castaneda, both have a similar southwestern, um, southwestern indigenous kind of shamanistic vibe to them. Uh, the Four Agreements being the obviously the easier to read of the two books, but uh, both of these books, however, refer to the same concept. Uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, the author of The Four Agreements, refers to the dream of the world. Uh, the dream then goes from being the dream of the planet all the way down to the dream of a person, the dream that they experience, of course, um, as well as this concept of agreements that, you know, when we're born, we are given a set of agreements that we didn't come to organically. They are just essentially, you know, descriptions. So uh, Don uh, Don Juan Matus, Carlos Castaneda's shaman in The Road to Islam, refers to it in a few different ways. Um, he calls it simply a description of reality and then later refers to personal history when he tells Carlos that he needs to drop his personal history and later tells Carlos that he needs to stop the world. So uh, let's look at this. Um, but as usual, a couple definitions first. Uh, the word dream, a series of thoughts, images, and sensations occurring in a person's mind during sleep, um, a cherished aspiration, ambition, or ideal. As far as a verb goes, it means to indulge in daydreams or fantasies about something greatly desired. Uh, not to digress too early, but this is really interesting to me. Um, so when you're engaged in normal waking consciousness, there is a constant stream of stimuli that the mind is responding to, right? There are sights, sounds, textures, information of all kinds, uh, and the mind is constantly comparing and contrasting it to the past to decide how the body should feel about it. And, um, you know, that's your, that's your day, really. That's your experience. Um, 
you know, your day consists of you responding to how the body feels about what the mind is telling it. Um, well, when you're asleep, there is some of that stimuli, but it's really limited. So the mind doesn't really have anything to compare and contrast. So it just spins. It just goes. It has nothing to do. Uh, kind of like during meditation, right? Uh, you're simply sitting and the mind is producing phenomena. Um, I think this is interesting and I just wanted to point it out. Um, anyway, illusion means a thing that is or is likely to be wrongly perceived or interpreted by the senses, uh, a deceptive appearance or impression, a false idea or belief. Um, an illusion, let's see here. An illusion is a distortion of the senses which can reveal how the human brain normally organizes and interprets sensory stimulation. Although illusions distort our perception of reality, they are generally shared by most people. So interesting. <laughs> and lastly, uh, the word description a spoken or written representation or account of a person's object or event. So let's run through our, our uh, I'm sorry, our widget analogy again. Uh, let's say that I present you with an object that you have never seen before. And since you have never seen it before, your mind has no context for it, meaning that it doesn't know how to tell the body how to feel when it comes to this object. Remember, the mind reminds the body how to feel. Um, and since you don't know what this object is, I tell you that it's called a widget. I use language, a cognitive faculty of the mind to start the labeling process. I say, this thing is called a widget. I give you the name of it. I then tell you that this widget is bad. Uh, I tell you that it's very dangerous. I tell you what it's capable of doing. I tell you what it is used for. And I tell you that it should be avoided. Um, I give your mind context for this object, this thing that I have labeled a widget. Now, let's say that later on when you're alone, you encounter one of these widgets. You experience a series of thoughts, labels, and feelings about this thing in, uh, that you have been taught is dangerous and you've been taught that it's called a widget, right? Now, when you encountered it, you experienced something, right? You experienced my description of the widget. You didn't experience your experience of it. You experienced my description of the widget. Understand? Now, um, in Road to Islan, Juan Matus tells Carlos, you only experience a description of reality. He then goes on to say, you are beaten over the head with this description until you can repeat it back to them. And to involve Don Miguel Ruiz in the four, and the Four Agreements in the discussion, everyone is experiencing their own dream of the world, how it is, their perception of how it is, all that stuff. I really think that these two authors put this perfect, especially Carlos Castaneda, especially the part about being beaten over the head with this description until we can repeat it back to them, whoever them is. Um, this description of the world that's given to us by parents, teachers, caregivers, politicians, media, you name it. It's their dream. Um, it's their conspiracy, their illusion. And from an early age, we're trained to accept it.
um, they describe all of it to us. They tell us what success is. They tell us what life is. They tell us what happiness is. And they even tell us what God is. They tell us what's valuable, what's uh, what's not valuable. They tell us what matters, what doesn't matter. They describe life to us and we accept it. Or at least, we're again, we're trained to accept it. We are trained early on that the taller organisms know things. We're taught to sit in little rows and our desks, face forward, trust the tall person at the front of the room. We just assume that they know. Um, then we get older and we see that simply being alive doesn't mean you know anything. I mean, at one point, being old and staying alive was an actual accomplishment. But nowadays, in the uh, easiest time in human history to stay alive, simply being alive doesn't mean you know anything. It doesn't qualify you for anything. But, you know, we're conditioned to accept a description of reality. Now, this doesn't mean that it's good or bad or that we can escape the concept of description. But I do believe that by knowing this, uh, by knowing that this is how things are experienced and knowing that this is what's happening, we can work to change the descriptions that we've been given. Or as uh, Don Miguel Ruiz puts it in The Four Agreements, he says, uh, we can make new agreements with the world. So these agreements of this is how it is are what Ruiz is trying to get us to break free of. And Breaking free of these agreements is what uh, Juan Matus is trying to get Carlos to do. And he tells him, you have to stop the world, the influence of the world, how the world said it was, right? Um, now, when, when Juan tells Carlos that he has to erase his personal history, he's essentially referring to what's known in Buddhism as beginner's mind, to uh, see each situation as new and to try not to let the past influence the present, which we all know is almost impossible. Um, when I think of beginner's mind, I really think of having the ability to let go of the aversion felt in the body when it comes to things like uh, trust and openness. But um, this, uh, this personal history thing is interesting to me. I mean, uh, how often do we let the pain of the past prevent us from moving forward with something? Right, probably more often than not. <laughs> I know I've gone through that. Um, now, I think being able to at least nod to the past and stay open-hearted regardless is an ability that can serve us very well. Um, so anyway, back to this description thing. This is all a series of descriptions, and some of us trust those descriptions because they are always quote-unquote true. Well, they're true if you use their lens, but what if you don't use their lens, right? Um, politics and religion, whatever the fucking difference is, are great examples. Um, some of you are going to mutter in agreement like, yeah, that's right, politics is. But let's face it, you're so tangled up in that shit as well that you can't even see it. In fact, you muttering in agreement is because you're thinking of a person opposite of you and thinking how they are trapped in a description. Not you. Of course it's not you. You're way too smart and uh, clearly well-researched. So, uh, well, like I said, we're all in this description. We're all experiencing a description of something. I guess maybe the best we could hope for is that we accumulate enough descriptions 
and our subconscious mind that we have more to pull from and don't get uh, rutted in one thing or another, you know? So uh, I believe that uh, it's important that our minds stay loose. I think that uh, if our thinking becomes rigid, we get stuck every time. Imagine like... um, Imagine all of these potential timelines, right? And they're like threads going out in every which way, right? Think of them as thoughts, trains of thought, whatever, or ways of thinking. And let's say that we ride them to certain conclusions. We ride along these threads to their conclusions. Well, uh, let's, let's also say, for the sake of our imaginary threads, that our mind wraps around the thread and rides the thread to a conclusion. Well, if it's the mind... Uh, If the mind is tight and can't let go and join another timeline uh, when the current thread is leading us into a bad place, I mean, that's not going to be good, right? That's going to be bad. So um, we tend to go towards comfort, right? Um, Our minds tend to go towards comfort. Um, the mind is always trying to find the path of least resistance. I mean, if you notice, like, um, when you're working on something and you get to a difficult part or a part where it's not flowing, uh, at least not flowing how it was, well, that's usually when you want to check your phone. It's when you want to take a break, shit like that. Well, when it comes to this description of reality, and we've all been handed a slightly different description of this reality, this plane of existence, it's the same thing. Right, as when we, the mind wraps around those threads, those timelines, those thoughts, and it's so tight it can't let go of it. Right, uh, we find ideas that best suit the description that jives with what we already believe in, what we've already been told. We stick with our personal history and call it experience. We say things like, "Well, in my experience, well, your experience was experienced." that way because of your mind, because of your attractions and aversions. It's not objectively real. You know, um, it's all fucking widgets. It, and it's, it's so hard to see the widget one way and then try to like see it a completely different way. I get it. Um, but that's really how our personal history gets in the way of these things. Um, it requires effort and risk to go against the current description. Um, it's hard to stop the influence of the world. It's hard to let go of ideas. I understand. I have the same problems. Um, sometimes people say, I wish I hadn't wasted so much time believing that, but it's not a waste. It's primed you for the next thing. It's a process. Uh, just don't be afraid to let go. Let go and find out, right? These things are always going to change. Reality is always changing. Um, it's like how Ramdas would say, You'd say there's nowhere to stand because the ground's always moving. But then Shogim Trumpa came along and said, that's fine. There's no ground. Um, you're falling through the air with nothing to hold on to, no parachute. That's the bad news. But the good news is there's no ground. So anyway, uh, very few things in this world are objectively real truths. Most ideas are just, it's all just concepts. Most things are just descriptions. So Uh, That's it for life as a description. I hope this gave you something to think about. My intention is always to be clear and to give you something to think about, something to consider. And again, if you'd like to support this thing that I call the Infinite Spark of Being, you can do that through the website, theinfinitesparkofbeing.com, by purchasing books and prints and apparel and 
through a one-time attaboy donation. You, know, you could do that through Venmo or monthly through Patreon. Anyway, remember, uh, we know each other. We've been doing this forever. We are old friends. Reach out. Don't be weird about it. I love you. Goodbye.